0: It's time for episode 209 of the Clockwise Podcast from Relay FM, recorded Wednesday, October 4th, 2017. Clockwise, four people, four tech topics, 30 minutes.
1: Welcome back to Clockwise, the only tech podcast featuring two walking, talking, human metronomes i am one of those human metronomes micah Sargent, and i am joined by the second human
0: metronome dan morin that's good podcasting <laughs> right there metronome sounds that was excellent yeah thanks i've Some been working on that fully. since my uh, piano lessons back in grade school <laughs> <laughs> oh i love it i love it how you doing dan i'm doing great good good well you know uh
1: this podcast involves two guests we got four topics to talk about let me introduce you to our first guest to my left is vfx artist and everyone's favorite apple tv pundit joe rosenstiel how you doing joe i'm fine how are
2: you of a <laughs> favorite but yeah <laughs>
1: Hey, certainly my favorite, and that's that's what
0: matters, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and to my left, the a designer and the co founder of a civil comments, Krista Morgan is back. Hi, Krista.
3: Hello. Thanks for having me. Well-
0: we are so happy to have you back. Thanks for being here.
1: We're going to just break right into it. we got 30 minutes, we got four topics, and I will get us started. So we got a glimpse of what the Pixel 2 XL looks like, thanks to some leaks, and it's uh, a little bit like what we know the iPhone 10 to look like, except it doesn't have a notch. So it has more of a chin and a brow to fit in that camera and the sensors and things like that that need to be on the front of the device, and so I am curious... Do you prefer Apple's approach with the notch that's got all those sensors in it for your face ID and all that jazz, or Google's approach, where you do get a fairly full screen, but there is a bit of a, a chin and a brow, a bezel, if you will, on uh, either side? Joe, we'll start with you.
3: Um,
2: aesthetically, I prefer the direction Google seems to have gone in with this device, uh, just symmetrical it it doesn't have a weird divot um but uh you know we're probably not going to see that many of these devices sell but it's very similar to what samsung already did with the galaxy s8 and we're probably gonna see a lot more of those sell uh so uh, i think it's, it's something you're definitely going to see out in the world and it'll be it'll be very uh Nice to to look at uh, as a as a break from the the horrible little divots that we're going to see in coffee shops around the world and in airports um, from from all the the notched iPhones. Uh, I I will probably get used to the notched iPhones, but uh, I I do prefer uh, the more symmetrical flat uh, tops and bottoms.
0: Yeah, off the top of my head, I'm agreeing with Joe that it seems like you know why wouldn't you want. Uh, um, a screen where you don't have anything cutting into it. I mean, obviously, none of us has used an iPhone ten yet, and so maybe we will get accustomed to it. I'm sure we will. I mean, any number of things that we've gotten used to after enough time. But it certainly seems like you'd want all of that space if possible and and i understand it is nice that like apple is trying to stretch that display all the way to the edge and really use all of the the phone as much as possible but the notch is a it's a divisive issue i mean as evidenced by the fact that we're discussing it still now a few weeks after um we first saw it so uh i feel like when apple can get rid of that I imagine they will. I know a lot of people have suggested that they're leaning into it, but I just can't imagine why you would want to keep that much unusable space around if you didn't have to. And so we'll see uh, how the iPhone 10 does this year and whether or not they'll uh, go that direction or decide to go notchless in the future.
3: Um, yeah, so I can't say that I prefer Apple's approach with the notch. Um, I think they could have just kept all the sen- sensors, etc., at the top of the screen with a full brow, just make a full width bezel up there and put all of that stuff inside there without having to have, you know, like a matching symmetrical chin, um, you know, to use that term. Um, but maybe this is cynical, but to me, it really feels like the notch is more of an aesthetic choice that's all about having a really visually distinctive look to set the iphone 10 apart from other touch devices that also have very little bevel um so i mean obviously i'm still gonna get an iphone 10 um but i'm finding it hard to embrace the notch personally and i i really think it's something that we'll all look back on in five years and kind of laugh at um but that's (laughs) now that's my take or or maybe i don't like it it's hard to say (laughs) yeah you know i'm already chuckling at it yeah (sighs) I'm also going to fork over a ton of money to get one. So there
1: you go. <laughs> yeah. Phil, so we're,
0: we're the science, right? right. <laughs>
1: it's one of those things where, uh, yeah, I mean, a lot of people complain about these different things and then many of us end up getting it anyway in the end. Um, which, you know, that's, that's, that's fair. I, I, I'm with most people here. I think that it's, uh, Google's approach is, is one that makes sense, um, it does mean, of course, that you do have more space on the top and the bottom. So it's almost as if you have sort of the current design of phones right now with, with the chin and the brow, but they just got a little bit thinner. And so then you wonder why they decided to do the rounded screen edges instead of just having that normal uh, rectangle with the uh, the 90 degree corners. But um you know, I, I do like the symmetrical look there, and I also think uh, the the most important thing to me is like whenever you do have the phone in horizontal mode, mm-hmm. uh, if the notch is in the way, that's kind of strange. But both approaches are interesting, and uh, yeah, regardless of, of anything, I'm still going to try to get that that iPhone with the notch uh, when it comes out. So <laughs> I
2: guess I can't do too much complaining, eh? All
1: righty. Thank you all for your answers there. Joe, what do you have for us?
2: Uh, Apple, Amazon, and Roku unveiled their streaming media device updates for the fall. Uh, HD media streamers can be had for as little as $30, uh, and 4K uh, HDR streaming starts at about $70. Uh, According to analysts at Parks and Associates, uh, referenced in a Variety report uh, from a month ago, uh, Apple's fallen to about 15% market share right now. Uh, In in the streamer market, uh, what justifies Apple charging four to five times the price of competitors for their two-year-old HD box, or twice the price for 4K HDR, to be able to play media on one tv in a household uh
0: nothing next next question <laughs> uh, no <laughs> uh, it is really super hard to justify this i like the apple tv a lot it is my primary streaming box and it certainly has uh i think my probably my favorite interface uh and of course it, it integrates with other you know apple devices in my house and it has airplay etc is all of that worth that premium I'm not sure it is. Uh, I, I was thinking about buying a new Apple TV box for my parents because they do have a 4K TV. And I had to kind of stop and start wondering, like, well, is that really the most, uh, you know, efficient use of my money? At that point, in terms of they're not going to notice much of a difference, uh, both in the 4K aspect and in terms of I think the, you know, certainly the usability is the big plus there. But I'm confident they could navigate a Fire TV, for example, and why pay twice as much for, you know, stuff that they're not going to take as much advantage of? So i'm pretty shocked that they're still not only that they're still offering you know these devices at such a premium but that they're still doing storage tiers for reasons that i cannot fathom <laughs> because there's nothing that takes up that much space on those devices and offering a 200 storage pre- you know 64 gigabyte model or whatever 120 i don't remember whatever there's a 200 dollars one for the 4k hdr model yeah, it's 64 gigabytes. 64 gigabyte it's just it doesn't really matter and yet people will go out and buy it and to me that strikes me as a very um on apple way to do business at least they usually try to make an argument about why their device is superior here i'm i just feel like there's there's not a huge advantage to be had there but some people seem to like it i don't know
3: yeah i mean i just see it as like an artifact of apple setting itself apart as a premium brand and pricing its products that way regardless of its actual you know tech specs um but I will say that if you have several Apple devices in your home, um, and you've bought into the whole Apple ecosystem of media and applications, and especially if, like me, you use family sharing and Apple Music, it's just like the most obvious and easy choice for a streaming box. Um, also, I agree, it's a much better experience as far as the the interface. Um, it's been significantly improved over the last few years. Um, and yeah i mean that said i don't think buying an apple tv box makes sense for uh, many people or even most people um especially people who don't like care about the experience or for people who just like aren't already stuck in that roach motel of apple media services um but as far as you know justifying it uh i don't know i'm i'm in it
0: <laughs> <laughs> i feel like we are the uh, suckers today <laughs>
3: right we're all
0: in it we're all bought in but we don't love it
1: (laughs) so remember what i said favorite apple tv pundit now i'm being reminded that uh i always feel bad after i have a conversation about this right (laughs) um i so i'm with i'm with everybody here uh i i think that the apple tv doesn't have any justification for the price that it costs and yet i own two fourth generation apple tvs um i'm not planning On upgrading to the 4k Apple TV because it would mean me getting two new TVs however one of the main things that I use the Apple TV both of them for and is very 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 important to me in my home is the fact that it is a home hub for my HomeKit enabled accessories I have a house that's exclusively uh, HomeKit enabled accessories and I use automations all the time. I have like 15 automations in the home app and having the Apple TV there as a Bluetooth relay and also uh, sort of a Wi-Fi gateway uh, helps to control those devices when I'm out of the home and like I am right now, uh, making sure that people think that there's still somebody there and also so the dogs aren't sitting in the dark uh, while, we're, <laughs> while we're away and before uh, our friend comes over to, to let them out and stuff like that. So um, I I have Apple TVs, but yes, I agree that the price is ridiculous, especially because I just use them for like Netflix and Hulu, and not much else. So the gaming stuff, none of that makes any sense. But uh, yeah, that's that's how I feel about it. Joe, you want to wrap us up there?
2: Yeah, uh, thank you for all of the thoughtful responses. Uh, I agree with Dan that storage tiers uh, don't make any sense, of course. <laughs> uh, and Krista uh, uh, had a great. Uh, point, of course, about the uh, Apple ecosystem being the the major draw here, uh, and uh, Micah's thoughts on the home automation aspect, uh, of course, makes sense, because that's his area of interest. But uh, I, I keep coming back to uh, so the thing that Micah said, that many of the services um, aren't distinguishable between the platforms. Uh, I was using the CBS All Access app on the Fire TV stick, and it was still streaming the shows and stuff, just, well, the, the show, I'm not watching anything else on there. Sorry, young Sheldon. But uh, I, was, I was watching, uh, you know, Star Trek, and it worked fine. Uh, it was exactly identical to the experience that I had in the, the Apple TV app. Uh, uh, so I, I'm not sure they've done enough to uh, justify the price for every customer. Uh, and I, w- I would like to see them have a, a better entry point for that.
1: All right, Uh, I just checked my watch as I often do during this show, and it is halftime, folks. And before we get to the second half of the show, let me tell you all about our friends at Linode. Now, Linode has fast and powerful hosting options that you can get set up in seconds. Their tools are easy to understand, and they let you choose your resources and your Linux distro, giving you the power and flexibility you need. And guess what? Linode plans now start at just five bucks a month and you get a Linux server with a gig of RAM in the Linode cloud. Now get this, Linode has over 400,000 customers and they're all serviced by their friendly 24-7 support team. You can email them, you can call them, you can even chat them over IRC in the Linode community. And if you need help, Linode are right there for you. Now, Linode's control panel is beautifully designed with a focus on ease and simplicity, which is awesome. It allows you to deploy, boot, resize, and clone. Oh my goodness, I love those verbs there in just a few clicks. We've got comprehensive guides and support documentation to teach you everything you need to know for setting up and managing your virtual servers. Got two-factor authentication, so you're going to be safe from all those scary people out there. And you can create snapshot images of your disk volumes for backup and replication. Linode is the full package for your server infrastructure needs. They've got the power you require, as well as the infrastructure and assistance you want. Now, Linode has some fantastic pricing options. You can get a server with a gig of RAM for just five bucks a month. And guess what? you can go all the way up to 16 gigs of RAM for just 60 bucks a month. Across the board, Linode is offering twice the amount of RAM you're going to get elsewhere. Now, as a listener of this very show, if you sign up at linode.com slash clockwise, you're not only going to be supporting us here, but you're also going to get $20 towards any Linode plan. And remember, they started just five bucks a month. That's incredible. With a seven-day money-back guarantee, there's honestly nothing to lose. So, Go to Linode.com slash Clockwise to learn more, sign up, and take advantage of that $20 credit. Or you can use the promo code Clockwise2017 at checkout. Thank you so much to Linode for supporting our show. All right, halftime is over. Dan, what do you got
0: for us? So I was thinking the other day, as I fooled around with some piece of technology, uh, that there are things that I maintain, even though they're a pain in the butt, because they are useful Um, And so my quest for you guys is what is some piece of technology, whether hardware or software or something else that's really fiddly and you have to spend a lot of time maintaining it, but you do keep it around because it's worth that time or because you're just really unwilling to change? Krista?
3: Oh, man. Okay. For me, the perennial answer to that question is Photoshop. Um, So this is an application that I use daily and have for years, Um, you know, whether I'm designing software or retouching photos or making memes, uh, you know, or prepping animation assets for a video. um, It's just super useful. Um, It's huge, though, and it's cumbersome and it annoys me in a million ways, but I just can't quit it. Uh, I mean, it quits me often and unexpectedly. (laughs) 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 But I can't quit it. Um, And I've used other image editing software. You know, um, Sketch and Acorn are both great, but I always come back to Photoshop. So maybe it means I should get a Photoshop tattoo or something. I don't know.
1: Oh, my goodness. I love it. I love it. Um, mine is going to have to be, and of course, I love the, the folks who create this app, but um, it's Napkin, uh, the <laughs> app that you can use to put together screenshots. Again, n- so much love. Uh, hi, but there are, some, <laughs> right, there are some fiddly bits, um, but... I honestly would be lost without this app in my day to day work. Whenever I'm writing uh, how tos and, and uh, walkthroughs and things like that for iMore and other Mobile Nation sites, I love the ease that, that Napkin has. But uh, yeah, so, some of, some alignment issues and things like that you know pop up, and uh, you know it's it's had, I've had a crash on me before and things like that, and it's like oh no, but I, I there's nothing else that's just as easy as it is, so I keep going back to it. So I guess I need a napkin tattoo. <laughs> Joe,
2: what about you? Um well, I would say that the most fiddly piece of software that I that I use is uh the Foundry's Nuke, a uh, compositing application, but I, I feel that as part of my job that's just included and so I, I it wouldn't be fair to pick that what I elect to use uh, is is Adobe audition at home uh, to do podcast editing and that is something that's self-inflicted because I could use a variety of other tools uh, but it, it does frequent things like, Creative Cloud decides it would like me to register again for something that, even though it should just be running, and then uh, it will update things and uh, it will sometimes delete the scratch directory that it likes to write to and complain about that. Uh, so it's <laughs> it's a it's a peculiar thing that uh, exists uh, in, in a, a weird tinkery point of frustration um, where I have to have a, a make or command uh, copied and pasted uh, to create the the directory that it always claims is missing about every two to three weeks so that's that's fun uh
0: well this question was spawned because i was uh messing around with port forwarding on my router for screen sharing oh, <laughs> um and i really love the program screens by adovia uh it's a great app i, I use it quite frequently Um, And I don't want to blame this because it's I don't think it's purely that the the fault of this application. But like trying to get through to my home network sometimes is just a real pain because of uh, I'm using an airport extreme router, which I love. um, But it's definitely starting to feel a little long in the tooth. uh, And so getting back through my network and my firewalls and everything is kind of a pain. Uh, Nobody got the golden envelope result in this round, which would have obviously been (laughs) icloud which is something (laughs) we probably all use every day and we have multiple unexplained problems most recently my grocery lists will not uh sync with my girlfriend so like she'll add stuff and i'll go to the grocery store and not buy any of the things she's put on the list Uh, because uh, it never synced so i'm sure there are plenty of other examples but uh good choices all around Uh, let's wrap up today's show with our last topic which comes from Krista.
3: Okay, Um, I'm going to geek out about Notes for a minute. Uh, So Apple's Notes app in iOS 11 is awesome, and now it feels like this fully-fledged productivity app, um, especially when used on an iPad in combination with an Apple Pencil. Um, So for me, the new text formatting options are awesome, and the searchable handwriting recognition um, and the scan documents feature mean I can drop at least two other standalone apps in favor of just using Notes. Um, So my question is, have you used the new version of Notes in iOS 11? If not, what do you use now? And or what would be the killer feature uh, that would make you switch?
1: I am absolutely a notes lover. Uh, I I love I love the the graphing uh, like their tables rather now, uh, which I enjoy. I do. uh, I'm not I'm not an artist by any means. And so I use the the Apple Pencil with the iPad to just write out things into I do a lot of like home home renovation-y type projects and so using that to sort of sketch out and and take down measurements and things like that i love the notes app love the changes that they've made there um and i pretty much find myself going back between notes and text edit on the mac so notes is is like for ipad and uh and the iphone and then i mostly use text edit whenever i'm on my mac or just pop into the notes app and look there so uh, i don't i don't uh have any killer features that i'd like to add to make a switch because i'm already there i'm right there with you. I think it's a pretty fantastic
2: app. Uh, I don't like the Notes app because it's visually... Abhorrent. Um, it, it has that weird paper texture, and the drop shadow embossing thing around the letters makes the text look fuzzy. Uh, and I like how when you go to draw something, to, to diagram something inside of a iOS 11, you get uh, just a plain white background, um, and it doesn't have that, that weird texturing and stuff. So I, I wish they would have something that was a little bit more minimalist uh, and just less odd. Uh, I, I also don't like how sometimes it shows the little syncing thing at the bottom. It makes me worried that I shouldn't touch anything while it's displaying that uh, for fear that uh, my update will, whatever I'm updating, won't uh, c- carry across to other devices. What I end up using is the Drafts app. Um, I, I quite like that. Uh, it it has never lost any information for me. Um, and it, it just has a very simple uh, view of what I'm entering into it, although it doesn't have the nice fancy features that Chris is talking about, uh, th- that have certainly come to benefit a lot of people who, who rely on the notes app regularly.
0: I do use the notes app a decent amount, uh, especially when I'm taking notes for a podcast. Like if I have to watch something and I have to write notes down, it's nice for me to just be able to type on my iPad uh, and then have it pop up on my iMac uh, so I can refer to it when I'm recording. Uh, I bought an Apple Pencil specifically to use with notes and don't end up using it quite as much as I thought I would, but I still like, like it when it does come in useful um, every once in a while. I agree with Joe that some of the aesthetic flourishes are a little bit on the off putting side, but they've gotten much better. I mean, if anybody remembers what uh, notes look like on the original iPhone, whoa, we have at <laughs> yes. least escape marker felt. So that's good. <laughs> um, I noticed recently, uh, our friend Stephen Hackett, uh, this is possible on the Mac, but not directly in the iOS uh, version, which is you can nest folders, which I did not know you could do. And that has kind of been a huge improvement for me because I've like, it's enabled me to really group stuff together in a way that. That I find very helpful to look at um, I wish you could do that on the iOS side but it, there doesn't seem to be a way to easily do it or at least I haven't found it yet um, but overall I do think notes has come a long way since its inception and it went from being something that I never use to something I use
3: eh, pretty much every day right on yeah same I, I don't have anything more really to say except you know i could i could geek out some more about um everything that i love about it but um that's pretty that's that's it but, I it's, like it a lot. but it's a half hour but, yeah.
0: show so you know <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
3: you
1: yes well uh we have, we have reached the end of the show but we have just enough time for a bonus question and guess what this week our bonus question is sponsored by squarespace Now, if you enter the offer code clockwise at checkout, you're gonna get 10% off your first purchase at Squarespace. Make your next move with Squarespace. See, Squarespace lets you easily create a website for your next idea with a unique domain, award-winning templates, and more. Maybe you wanna create an online store or a portfolio or a blog. Well, Squarespace is an all-in-one platform that lets you do just that. There's nothing to install, there are no patches, no upgrades you have to worry about. You don't have to worry about any of it because Squarespace has it all covered. they got award-winning 24-7 customer support if you need any help. let you quickly and easily grab a unique domain name and all of those award-winning templates are beautifully designed for you to show off your great ideas. I love Squarespace because, as I've mentioned before, the fact is they have everything ready for you right when it comes out. When HTTPS was like, everybody needs to have that. Squarespace sent me an email and was like, hey, just flip this switch and suddenly you have it. Apple Pay for Commerce, all that stuff, they just get it enabled and get it ready for you and make it super easy to get things going so how much does it cost well plans start at just 12 bucks a month but guess what you could start a trial with no credit card required by going to squarespace.com and when you decide to sign up use the offer code clockwise and you're going to get 10 percent off your first purchase and you'll be showing your support for our show we thanks squarespace for their support squarespace make your next move make your next website all right. My bonus question for all of you is, what is your
2: favorite breakfast food? Joe,
1: we'll start with you. Please don't say overnight oats.
2: <laughs> I won't. Uh, I, I have so many favorites that depend on the mood that I'm in. So I'm just going to go with whatever is coming to, to, to my mind right now. And that is a, an everything bagel with uh, plain cream cheese and lox uh, with a sliced tomato and some cucumber uh, and some capers, uh, no onion. And, and that, that would be my, my current favorite breakfast uh yeah like joe i have too many breakfast foods uh that to pick but
0: were i to end up in the good place after this life is over <laughs> and i could eat french toast every single day i would probably do that
3: um i'm going to say my favorite breakfast food uh falls under the broad category of uh fancy carbs so this could be you know a croissant <laughs> or uh a kunamon, <laughs> which is like a, a creme brulee, but as a pastry. Um, yeah. yeah. You know,
0: fancy <laughs> cobs. Fancy
1: cobs. <laughs> that sounds like, I don't know, a, uh, my nickname at some point. <laughs> Fancy cups. Uh Mine would have to be biscuits and gravy. It's simple. Mm. I can usually trust it no matter where I go. It warms the stomach and fills you up. Uh, and I'm all about food that, that keeps your energy going on, uh, no matter how it tastes, really. So uh, biscuits and gravy for me. All right, Dan, I just checked the clock. We are at the end of the episode. It is time to say goodbye. But of course, we have to thank our guests. Joe, thank you so much for coming on today. Thank you for having me.
0: And Krista, thank you so much for being here.
3: Absolutely. Thanks for having me. It was fun.
0: Micah, let's, uh, should we go get some breakfast? (laughs) Indeed, indeed. All right, we'll do that. And until then, remember, watch what you say. And keep watching the clock. Bye, everybody.
3: Bye.